Uh, if you have your Bible today, if you'll please take and let's say our Bible decree together. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. I love uh, when I'm on Facebook and I see scripture. I'm encouraged by everybody's scripture and how the Lord is speaking to you that day. I think it's very uh, challenging and encouraging. And it's, it's something that I think many of us should really hold dear to our hearts as we get to claim the word of God. In America today, they're trying to take out uh, one nation under God. And they're trying to take out prayer and putting your hand on the Bible when you say certain um, vows, covenants, promises. And so uh, I'm grateful for the word of God and may it stand true for all times. No matter if man wants to let it go, we know that God is still in control. Take your Bible to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Today I would like to talk to you about communication. Learning to speak lovingly to the one I love. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? Learning to speak lovingly to the one I love. I hope that this message comes as a conviction Yet I hope that you can take these principles as I go through them very quickly this morning uh, since we had a little bit of fun and excitement at the beginning of our service. And if this is your first time with us, we want to say again, thank you for being with us. And uh, often we're not this crazy, we're a little crazier. And I um, wanted to let you all know that. So uh, I love what it says here. Let's just start with verse 27. Verse 27 in Ephesians Chapter 4, it says this, Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Do not give opportunity to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needs. And the highlight of the verse today is verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Let nothing bad come out of your mouth, but that which is good. To the use of building up, to the use of encouraging, to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Let us pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this message. Help us to embrace our tongue. Help us to come to grips with the way we speak and what communication is about. Lord, I pray that you'll help us all to be soft. Help us to resist anger and to love and to speak with love. And to communicate it. Help us, Lord. We need your wisdom, your discernment. And Lord, we need you. So, Father, I pray that you'll hide me in your shadows. Hide me behind the cross. Speak through me today. And minister grace to the hearers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amazing verse, isn't it? I could probably end with this because so many of us have difficult or difficulty understanding how difficult it is 
to be kind and loving and to administer that grace. A woman went to her attorney to file for divorce. And the attorney said, do you have grounds? And she said, yes, about two acres. He said, no, I mean, do you have a grudge? She said, yes, you can park two cars in it. He shook his head and said, well, does the man beat you up? She said, no, I let him sleep in. He was exasperated and said, well, what is your problem? She said, we just can't communicate. Isn't that many of us? Isn't that how we are? Proverbs 51 says, 15 verse 1 says this. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. A soft answer turns away wrath. This morning, this marriage is about communication in our marriages, in our relationships with other people. Most marriage counselors can agree that, can you do me a favor, turn me down just a little bit. I'm getting some feedback, some ringing in my mic. Thank you. Most marriage counselors agree that the single most important element in a long-term marriage relationship is the ability to do what? To communicate. It is ironic that we have developed a high-tech communication system to talk to someone in space across the country. It amazes me that even right now that we have cell phones that you can text. It amazes me that I can text somebody and Rob in Canada every Sunday morning when we text that... It just, bing, it comes right through. It amazes me that around the world, people can get a text very quickly. Yet very often, husbands and wives can't communicate across the dinner table. We can't communicate sitting side by side in a car. Not being able to talk through problems and difficulties can be a very fatal, yet fatal to a marriage and in a relationship. Very difficult. So what is communication? How do I communicate? It's not like one of the number one things that I believe should be emphasized. Yes, in Love Encounter we talk about what is communication, and, but the five love languages and words of affirmation are so important. I, I love words of affirmation from my wife. I love when she says, says things like this, Babe, you look good today. It's filling me into overflowing. Not really. When she just says, Todd, I love you. I love who you are. I love how you take care of our family. I love, just love all these things. I love words of affirmation. It makes me feel loved. So communication is a vital part. But it may not be big for her. And as I get through the message today, we'll go through some things. But, you know, people don't really understand what is communication. And how do I communicate and speak lovingly to the one I love? But communication is the act of sending and receiving messages. Two Indians were in New Mexico sending smoke signals to each other. As they were laboring over their campfires, they're on opposite uh, sites trying to create perfect smoke. At the exact moment, the Atomic Energy Commission exploded the first atomic bomb, which produced a huge mushroom cloud and a shockwave that literally knocked them both down. One Indian saw that huge cloud and sent the following smoke signal. Wow, I wish I would have said that. Again, communication is the act of sending and receiving messages. That was, look at, some people are looking at me. I didn't even get it. I don't know what you were saying. Okay, we'll talk about it later. If you want to know, I'll tell you after service. The words you use, the way you say them, and your body language all add up to the total message you send. You see, the look on my face right now is happy. And then this is sad. 
and this means I'm serious. And my wife and my kids, I don't even have to say anything. She's like, what are you thinking right now? I said, what do you mean what am I thinking as I'm trying to lift up my eyebrows? She goes, because you're scowling. And I said, I'm scowling? She's like, yeah, you're like this. I said, I'm in deep thought. You wondered, you thought these wrinkles just came because I had four daughters. It's because I was always scowling, right? Just trying to get attention. The words today, trying to get a message through is what I meant to say. Let's start this message over, all right? Here I go. It's going to be one of those days. See, now let me just explain something that's very difficult. I know what I need to say. And I know what I should say, but sometimes my tongue gets in front of my brain. And then I get ready to say something I shouldn't say. Then I have to stop what I was going to say. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's why we're talking about communication. This was all set up. I put it in my notes. and Did it work out? Was that smooth? Okay, great. That wasn't in there. I just thought I'd explain it to you. See, complain it to you. Now... To the three points to this morning's message, right? As you're taking notes and writing things down. Five levels of communication. Five communication killers. And then last, five steps to good communication. So five levels of communication. In his book, Why Am I Afraid to Tell You Who I Am? John Powell gives five levels of communication. These are five concentric circles with outside circles being less significant and inside being more significant. Cliched conversation. Outside circle. How are you? How's it going? Most of the time it is surface level. You say, fine, even if you're really hurting. Interesting, isn't it? Number two, factual conversation. We just report facts, giving the weather report, talking, scores, cells, etc. Still no personal self-revelations, just the fact as we perceive them. He also says philosophical conversations, sharing ideas and judgments, values and beliefs, like talking politics, or for some it's talking religion. Emotional conversation. Feelings are intimate and sometimes awkward to share. This is is the next deepest level of communication. Most are guarded at this point because of vulnerability. And I'm going to highlight on that in just a minute. Intimate conversation, which is the innermost circle. It is when husbands and wives, or those that are dating, those that are in love with each other, can honestly tell each other who you are, what you think, feel, desire, fear, hope for, etc. Authentic and lasting marriages should be built on this kind of complete intimate communication. I think it's difficult, and I I believe that Dr. Gary Chapman really put it best. When we talk about emotional conversation and intimate conversation, I believe that in our relationships, transparency and vulnerability plays a huge part in our relationships. We're so puffed up with pride that we have a sense of not explaining or expressing our emotions to the one that we care for and love. You know, people will say this even in this church. You know, Pastor Todd will tell me what he thinks. But they'll say, oh, but if Miss Becky tells you, you know what she's thinking. Why is that? 
It's scary. That's for my daughter. It's scary. Why? Because it's both how we express it. But I really believe it's this. I believe that my wife loves and can communicate with a depth of love that's different from mine. And I don't mean that I'm, I'm putting some sugar on it or powdered sugar and trying to make it look better. All I'm trying to do is constantly, every time I speak, is I don't want to hurt that person. I don't want to hurt that person. I don't want to hurt that person. That's how I am. That's my disposition. And Becky says, sometimes in relationships, Todd, that person has to know exactly how you're feeling. You have to be vulnerable and transparent so that they can be better. And again, Pastor Todd, who wears the pants in your family? I do. And you're right, Dolores. She might tell me which ones to put on because she did say today, just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. But our communication has to be vulnerable and open. And, you know, I am not as forward as my wife, but I believe that the same message goes forward. And I believe that it changes. But I believe that intimate conversation is the innermost circle for every person. And if we don't understand that, that emotional and, and intimate inner circle is important. We have to talk about our feelings, our fears, our hopes, our dreams, all those things. And that's what makes up for better relationships. I spend Wednesdays counseling couples. I've spent a lot of years helping couples to restore that intimacy within their relationship. I don't have all the answers. I don't. But I've learned from so many couples that if they'll just pour back into their life and become more vulnerable in that emotional conversation and in that intimate conversation, it will become better. We have relationships that have fallen apart. And I really do believe that it's because we as pastors, and I'm talking about the Christian circles, we as pastors aren't giving our people the tools to be better in their relationships and in their marriages. Now, I can only say come once a month and be a part of Love Encounter. But now it's up to you to take those principles that you've learned and apply them to your life. That's with anything. If the doctor gives you a prescription, you have to apply those pills, that medicine, that prescription to your life because you're physically ill. So many people wait to the very end of their relationship and they think that they can restore it but it's too difficult because those barriers have already been built the trust and the honesty has been broken and it's very difficult to come back to where they once were Colossians chapter 3 verse 8 reads but listen here's what I want you to do I want you to put off all these things I want you to put off anger I want you to put off wrath and malice and blasphemy. I want you to put off filthy communication out of your mouth and lie not one to another. Church, when you confess and you forgive, how many of you felt now you're free? Isn't that a good thought? There's freedom when we practice what Colossians chapter 3, verse 8 has to say. Painfully clear communication. I heard about a wife who painfully but clearly communicated with her husband. They were riding mules down to the Grand Canyon. 
When all of a sudden the wife's mule stumbled on the steep trail, the man's wife calmly said, that's one. And as they continued on down the winding trail, the mule stumbled again. She calmly said, that's two. They went a little farther and the mule stumbled a third time. The man's wife calmly said, that's three, promptly pulled out a forty-four and shot the mule right in the head. Her husband was shocked. Here's what he said. What in the world did you do that for? Are you crazy, wife? Have you lost your mind? His wife put the gun back in her bag, looked up at her husband and calmly said, that's one. I'll bet he kept his mouth shut the rest of that trip. Amen? This brings us to the next point. That was five communication killers. Let's look at the five communication killers. One, the presence of fear. People are afraid of being rejected or made fun of, so they naturally won't open up. People are afraid to open up because if they expose themselves... As they really are, and they are made to feel bad for doing so, they won't open up again. Be careful. Let that person express themselves. Lack of honesty. Number two, we all put a mask on at some point or another, and we play a role like an actor for acceptance. The danger with this is you can lose touch with yourself. Isn't that amazing? I want to do everything for her. I want to do everything for him. I'll do whatever it takes just so that I'm accepted. When in reality, when that relationship starts to deepen, it's very difficult to keep those same traits, characteristics, and principles at the forefront of your relationship. So let's be honest with one another. Number three, active coercion. Psychologist and author Dr. Henry Brandt said that no nakedness is comparable to emotional nakedness when our mate points out our deficiencies. We grasp at something to cover up. Tears can be used to coerce often by women, but some men can do it as well. That could be manipulation, not communication. Isn't that amazing? Wow. We have to be very, very careful, be honest, be truthful. Number four, failure to listen. The fourth communication killer is the failure to listen. A message sent must be a message received or communication is killed. Listen closely. A message sent must be a message received or communication is killed. People come into counseling and they will say things like, I haven't been heard. They just don't understand. I said, because you won't shut up. Right? Be quiet. And so I teach a principle. There are four things. Let's see if CJ knows what they are. What are they, CJ? Stop, listen, think, react. Stop, listen, think, react. Good job, CJ. (laughs) Stop, listen, think, react. I said, so if you play that over and over in your mind, you're actually going to let that other person finish their sentence because it is so difficult. We have a tendency to not value the opinion of the other person, and therefore we don't stop, listen, think, and then you can react among that. The problem is for clear communication to be heard, you have to at least listen to what is being said. 
I've heard my wife say this to, to couples in, in a setting where there's counseling. If you'll be quiet for just one moment, instead of thinking about your response and listen to what is being said, this will probably get over in about three minutes. But you're thinking about your response and you're not hearing what your spouse is saying. That's some wisdom. Good job, honey. See, I was listening. I just repeated it. You have to stop, listen, think, and react. Failure to listen brings a lot of hurt and pain in a relationship. And then last of the five communication killers, sound of silence. Sound of silence. That is the fifth, the final communication killer. The sound of silence or of pouting. Have you ever been given the silent treatment? We hold it in. Doctors tell us that this type of reaction is a leading cause of ulcers, high blood pressure, and also divorce. You have to express yourself. But be careful how you express it. I love this, and I'll read this. Dangerous to safest communication. I received an email titled, Hormone Hostage. Every hormone hostage knows there are days in the month when all a man has to do is open his mouth and he takes his life in his hands. And watch it now. This is a handy guide that should be as common as a driver's license in the wallet of every husband. You're going to like this. Here's the, I'm going to give you some illustrations. One will be dangerous, safer, and safest. Ready? What's for dinner? Can I help you with dinner? Where would you like to go for dinner? <laughs> Changes it, doesn't it? How about this? What did you do all day? And I always love that. Like, why are you asking what you did all day? But here's the safe one. I hope you didn't overdo it today. I'm just helping you men out. And then here's the safest. I love it. You know, I love it when you're always in your robe. That changed it, right? Why are you eating ice cream out of the carton? Have you had a bad day? How about this? Can I bring you some hot fudge or some Oreos? How about a blizzard, finely chopped Oreos? Those kind of things make a difference, right? And then last, what are you so worked up about? Here's the safer. Could we be just a tad bit overreacting? And then here's the safest one. Here, honey, here's my gold card. (laughs) I've got this in my Bible. I've often regretted my speech, seldom my silence. I've often regretted my speech, seldom my silence. I know that um, I've said things that I regret. I have said things, and then my, my wife, who is not, she doesn't feel loved by words of affirmation, but you know what she'll say to me is, I remembered what you said way back 35 years ago when we were dating. I'm like, honey, I don't remember the conversation we had this morning. Are were you kidding me right now? How in the world do you all hold on to that kind of stuff? That's how women are. It goes right back to that emotional part, right? And so, you know, when, we, when you talk about communication and having those Places where you need it. I love that the the scripture says this in James chapter 1 verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. 
that every individual, every man, every woman be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And see, I always thought I was original when I said stop, listen, think, react. Really, it's from the Bible. That's what he was saying right here. Listen, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Now, to the best point of today's message, and we will be done. Five steps to good communication. Number one, take time. Take time. Take time for one another. We face all kinds of demands in the fast-paced world that we live in. Spending quality time with your spouse is essential in the health and growth of your relationship. The more you are together and interacting, the better you will learn to communicate. I love taking time with my wife. Many times I'm sitting in my recliner, she's on her side of the couch, and we look at each other. Sometimes we communicate like this. We will text and say, I love you. I send her emojis all the time. I love when I send her emojis. Yeah. Even from across the room. They're just love emojis. And we're communicating. Or she'll say to me, I love when we're together. I don't care if we sit here and watch TV. I love that you took time out for me, that we're working through this together. Number two, learn to listen. You see here in James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Listening demands concentration. Let your mate know what you heard him or her say by resting what has just been said. Pause. 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 Remind yourself. Put yourself on pause. Slow to become angry like slow to speak. Suggest that time is taken intentionally to listen well. Listen for God. Listen for what is being said. And listen for what response is needed. Learn to listen. A man waited impatiently at a phone booth for 30 minutes because there was another man in there. He was standing in there and holding the phone to his ear. And I know we don't have phone booths anymore, but I love the story. Standing like a stone statue and never said a word. Finally, the man that was waiting couldn't stand it anymore, tapped the guy on the shoulder and said, friend, I'm in a hurry. You've had the phone on your ear for a half an hour and you haven't said a word. He covered the phone up and said, please excuse me. I'm talking with my wife. Women just talk more than men. A husband once said, my wife and I had words last night. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to use mine. (laughs) See, just a few minutes ago, I thought, hey, all you ladies were down here. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Preach it, preacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Put over that gold card. Pass it my way. Yeah. I, I got your number. And I thought to myself, oh, wait till they hear this story. Because I'm the pastor. And uh, here, let's listen closely. Number three, understand that your mate's perceptions are different from yours. Understand that your mate's perceptions are different from yours. You will never see things exactly the same way all the time. Why? Because you're different. Because you're individuals. Because you are different. But respect the perspective of your mate when there is a difference. That's very hard. When you have to respect the difference of the one that you're in, I even say this sometimes, even with siblings, can we just stop for a minute, pause. Just respect the differences and move on. 
But many times we don't do that. Number four, speak for yourself. Communication gets confused when you tell your mate that he, she thinks or feels or what he, she should think and feel. Don't try to judge the other's motives. Express your own feelings. Use I messages. I feel this way when you, and you're allowed to express that. Then number four, last, speak truth in love. And Ephesians 4 verse 15 says this, speak the truth in love. The more truth you speak, the more love you should convey. State your concern in love and state it only once. I love what it says in Proverbs 27:17. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. When you speak in love, before Ryan and Caitlin got married, he's been in a mentorship program. He came to me. He's only the second in the several years that has come to me and says, would you be my mentor? And so there are times in our relationship where it's difficult for him to hear what I have to say. But he has a choice. That's the same thing as a brotherly love as it is in our relationships, as it is in friendships. Iron sharpens iron. But I love what it says here. So a man sharpens the countenance of a friend. If you're speaking in love, you'll change that person. You'll make a difference in their life. Mrs. Joan noticed that the the neighbor next door was very attentive to his wife, always bringing her flowers and candies and gifts. And Mrs. Joan saw him bringing in a big bouquet of flowers, and she was just finally fed up with it. So she said to her husband, why don't you do that? He said, what? I hardly know that woman. (laughs) Sometimes you have to make your communication very, very clear. And I'll say this as we close. So as we conclude this morning, there are two expressions that are essential to maintaining good communication in marriage. One, the scriptures say in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Oh boy. How many have sinned? says here, I'm sorry. Let, let's practice this together. Ready? I'm sorry. In so many relationships, that's very difficult. The Bible says, therefore, because we're all sinners, there's no such thing as a perfect marriage. So when, not if, so when, not if, you are wrong, say, I'm sorry. And then number two. I love you. Let's practice this together. I love you. Here we are at Valentine's Day. You see the word I love you in love more than anything else. Now, you guys just repeated it, but now here's how I want you to say it. With all affection, and if you're saying it to our Savior Jesus Christ, I love you. How would you actually say it? I conclude with this thought where Jesus was with Peter. And he said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, oh, Father, you know I phileo you. You know I love you. I, you, know, you know that we're great friends. And he said, oh, but Peter, do you love me? And he said, oh, Jesus, you know I love you. And I can't even imagine, as, I, as I've read that in the Scriptures, that if Jesus had to ask me three times what measure of love I have for him, then what is it that I possess? 
What is it that I express? So Jesus asked him the last time, Peter, do you love me? And he said, you know I love you. So if you were to say to the Lord right now, I love you, let's do this together. We're going to say, I love you, but we're going to do it. How would you say it back to him? Would he have to ask you one time, two times, three, four, five? How does he know it? So say it together like you mean it. I love you. Isn't that amazing? There was a difference from the first time you said, I love you, to this time. The two statements are very powerful. And I believe that what you just heard was not just in words and actions, but I believe that it was in the tone of your voice. It was how you expressed it to Christ. It's how you express it to the one that you have a relationship with. And I'll leave you with this thought. A good communicator is a good listener. A gilded speaker and a gentle responder. God is the excellent communicator who listened to our deepest longing for peace with Him. He spoke to us with His words on how to experience peace. He gently responded to love by sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on Calvary for you and for me. So how will you respond this morning? Let's all stand as we pray. Father, we thank you that, Lord, we can learn that when you said that you commended, that you demonstrated your love for us, and while we were sinners, you died for us. And then you said in your word that in your power that you, God, loved the world so much that you gave us your only begotten Son that whosoever, that any individual, any individual, all of humanity that would believe in you would not perish but would have that everlasting life. So on this Valentine's Day, God, we... We come before you to say thank you, Lord, for your sacrificial love, for the, for the love that was exhibited to us and how you have communicated that to us, to your church, to your bride. So this morning, Father, help us to not allow Satan to take ground in our life or to allow corrupt communication to proceed out of our mouth. But God, help us to bring edification and encouragement to each and every person that hears. Oh God, we come before you today asking for forgiveness, understanding the principle of love. I'm sorry, God, but I love you. I'm passionate for you. I worship you. The power of your love is amazing. Oh God, help the world to see the same measure of love that you showed us. Help us to mirror that in our walk and our relationship with you. For those that are in here, Father, that are feeling a sense of void in their life, 
You know who they are, God. Touch them. Move them and motivate them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.